honesty, passion, experience. It's Timberwolves Explosion, hosted on thesportstuff.com. And now, your host, Paladino Joey. Hello again, Timberwolves fans. Are you ready for the explosion of Timberwolves basketball? I am your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Timberwolves Explosion is available on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Double Twist. Thank you once again for joining me today. Friday morning, Timberwolves time. I talk again, Timberwolves Explosion. Oh boy, well last week was really rotten. This week, well, it was rotten, and then it was amazing, and then it was rotten again. At least in the fourth quarter and all that. Um, I don't know. Ugh, this team... I, I don't know, they're kind of beginning to lack an identity, but at the end of the day, one and two week. That's right, one and two, including losses to Detroit and Phoenix. Detroit and Phoenix, or should we say Phoenix and Detroit, if you want to be chronologically correct. And then we swat, slaughter, and dethrone the Kings in Target Center. I mean, just destroyed them. Ran up and down the court. Okay, there was a couple of moments where the Kings made a comeback, but it's a game of runs, this and that. And, of course, the Kings had their runs. But the Timberwolves ended up finishing the job pretty strongly. But what the hell is the identity of this team right now? Are we a good defensive team? Are we not a good defensive team? Are we a team that can win games on the road? Uh, Apparently not. Are we a good home team? Well, yeah, and then no. Like, what the hell? You slaughter the Kings and then you lose to Detroit, who had been on a five-game losing streak. I don't know, man. And it's just like, you just knew. You just knew Detroit, like, magically would end their losing streak. And what happened? They magically ended their losing streak, and somebody got in uh, Blake Griffin's head. Somebody was heckling him, and then he got mad. And then he tore us a new one. Whatever. Well, Tim Rules again. I I don't know the identity of this team. It's really strange. Uh, Derek Rose is definitely taking on an identity of one way or another. Uh, Is he super J.J. Barea, or is he MVP Rose, or is he something in between? I think he's something in between. Um, he's certainly not MVP Rose. Is he an all-in-out, all-out J.J. Barea? No, but his shot selection gets a little old. His shot attempts get a little old. On paper, as a starter, he looks like MVP Rose, though. I mean, you know, you look at his splits. And I kind of want to analyze Derrick Rose right out of the gate here, just because it's, it's an interesting story one way or another. His shot selection is damning at times. I mean, it, it can really hurt you. Um... Obviously, in the 29 games he's played, he's averaging right at 19 points, just under 5 assists, and and about 47% from downtown for the total season, which is still great. But you got to look at other splits here and there. As a starter, he's averaging 26.3 points. Can you believe that? In in, in 8 games, about, about 36 minutes, 53% from downtown, which, well, that's a total total thing. Obviously, that's not lately. I think lately he's dropped off, and you'll, you'll see that. But yeah, 26.3 points. Almost 53% from downtown and 47% from the from the floor. That's pretty damn good. As a sub, obviously very efficient for the most part. But then you look at the months here. October, he wasn't making his threes. November, he made almost. I mean, he made over 56% from downtown, and that's four attempts a game. In December, it's dropped 16%. 16%, still over 40%, which is good, but a stark contrast from where it was. For Derrick Rose, literally averaging the exact same amount of points. Exact. So all that's exactly the same. More assists, which is good. More turnovers, though, um, as well in the nine games versus the 12 games in November. So interesting how it all kind of comes out relative at the end of the day. Because he's, he starts, he doesn't start. Because Jeff Teague has gone from a guy who's an Iron Man who doesn't miss any games to a guy who's, you know, kind of in and out. 
I don't know, he's turning into Jimmy Butler, or worse, is uh, Jeff Teague. And he's a strange guy, by the way, <laughs> if I haven't mentioned that before. But uh, interesting to see Derrick Rose's numbers as a starter. Pretty pretty crazy. Field goal percentage definitely uh, dropping off, though, significantly. From 54 to 48 in December, but 48 still freaking good for a point guard. I mean, I'm not going to complain there. Uh, free throw percentage way down from 96, 96, can you believe that, to, to 79. So definitely not as good of a month of December. He's getting a little more erratic, but uh, we'll see. You know, it's a game of runs in so many ways. It's a game of streaks. You get on a hot streak. Sometimes it can, you know, during the course of a month, you just stay hot and you stay hot and you stay hot, especially when you're a good player. And then it just kind of goes away a little bit. And then hopefully it comes back again in February, January, whatever the heck the case is for uh, Mr. Derrick Rose. But certainly a guy that's taken on a much larger role than originally expected for the Timberwolves. And uh, it's been a story one way or another. He's definitely the comeback player of I don't know how many years. He's really something else uh, at the end of the day compared to what he kind of sort of was becoming with Cleveland. With New York, his stats were good, but... Yeah, you know, I don't know. He was erratic. He was also, at the same time, he seemed kind of soft and kind of not the same guy, especially in his last year, uh, in his last year with Chicago. Same thing. Interesting. But, um, yeah, he's definitely become a heck of a player. Obviously, way better than Troy Hudson, but he sure looks like him with that hair, too. <laughs> kind of, and his, his game is similar, but certainly plays a stronger game than Troy Hudson did. Um, but uh, it's, it's it's been an interesting story, to say the least. Talking about interesting stories, the 15th of December. Minnesota can't win a game in Phoenix, and it's just, this road record is getting ridiculous. I mean, it starts with an R and ends with a D, you know, if you want to define the word. It's getting to that point. Why is our road record so freaking horrible? Why can't we even beat the Phoenix Suns? And blimey, the Suns are actually, like, winning games now. They've won, like, multiple games in a row here, which is pretty crazy. They're on their hottest streak in I don't know how long, four games in a row, so... Well, Phoenix ended their little uh, stretch of frustration. They had actually won. Uh, they had actually beaten Dallas the game before us, so we gave them their second straight win, which was like, oh my god, it's been almost a year since two wins in a row. That's how awful they've been. Now they've won four in a row, so I guess it makes us feel a little better. But our road record is what not makes us feel better. <laughs> the Timberwolves' road record is two and twelve for the bleeping season. What? I mean, that's f- freaking awful. Did you hear me? Yeah, did you hear me? I said two and twelve. Two. And 12 for the season on the road. And we haven't run a single uh, road game against Western Conference opponents. Not a single road game this season against the West. Both of those wins were uh, against the East. Conference record for Minnesota, well, not so good either. In, in the Division 2 and 3, conference record 7 and 13. But our home record, 12 and 5. So Timberwolves dazzling at home, except for that freaking Detroit game. We were 12 and 4. That's a pretty good football team. Gosh, Denver's 13-3. and That would be a really good football team. Golden State, same like that. But we'd be up there with all those teams with a dazzling home record, yet for some freaking reason, can't win on the road at all. Heck, the Dallas Mavericks are 13-3 and at home, and they're 2-12 and on the road. Huh. Isn't that just crazy? Like, certain teams just cannot play on the road, and they're just unbelievable at home. And I guess the Wolves are kind of in that category, particularly since the Robert Covington acquisition. But, um, my God, you can't even beat a Western Conference team on the road at all this year. So, if you can't do that, how can, how the hell can you make the playoffs? I mean, this game was just unwatchable. Derrick Rose was awesome. I mean, good field goal percentage, attacking the basket. He was very efficient in this game. This would have to be probably his best game, even though the Detroit game, he got 33 and he was dazzling and all that. But I think he played better in this one, if you can believe it. 
Jeff Teague was pretty weak, pretty awful, and he's just you just never know what's going on with the guy, even though he had 11 assists offensively. Just meh. He was 3 of 9. He's just not making anything. Seems invisible, even though he does set up other players. Wiggins was awful, 6 of 15. Towns was mediocre at best, 11 of 26. He struggled throughout the night. He was, he was having a hard time with the big man of Phoenix, and seems like he always has, regardless who it is. DeAndre Aiden, a, a guy who's in his rookie year. Carl, you're in your... My God, <laughs> just he's in his third year and he's still struggling against these guys. And I, I don't know, it's frustrating. This guy's in his rookie year. You're in your third. You're the veteran. Why don't you dominate this guy? Number one pick versus number one pick, mono e mono, all that good stuff. And DeAndre Aiden, I thought played a hell of a game. Um, definitely more efficient than Carl Anthony Towns. Carl had more points and all that. He had 28, but it took him 26 shots to get there, including one of seven from downtown. He's just clanging all night. Covington was missing all night. One of seven. Wiggins, one of six. What is this? Like They, they couldn't make squat. They look like the Houston Rockets against the Warriors in game number seven. It's just de- depressing. Nobody was making threes. Seven of 35. He attempted 35 threes, which is okay. There, there's your modern basketball, this and that, but boy, did it come back to bite us. We got burned in the Valley of the Sun. 7 of 35. The Trimbles just shot poorly throughout the night. 107.99 officially was the final score. Lousy 17. Meager 17 points in the Valley of the Sun. That is ridiculous. A team that is looking for the number one pick in the draft again to go alongside DeAndre Aiden and and Devin Booker, who's the next Kobe Bryant, according to some of you out there. I don't agree with that. He came back from an injured hamstring and was extremely efficient at Devin Booker, the little schmuck. No, I'm kidding. I'm just teasing. He's a good player. I just hated watching him beat us. That's all. Um, 12 of 10 of 16, pardon me. He was nailing half of his threes, getting to the free throw line, being aggressive, and just making making his shots and getting the job done. Unlike the Timberwolves, uh, Phoenix just played a more efficient brand of basketball on this particular night. And whatever it was, they were making their shots. And Jamal Crawford was setting other players up. That's right, Jamal Crawford on the Phoenix Suns because, well, he just needed a job, I guess. He wanted to keep playing, and he ended up in Phoenix, of all places. Again, I don't know what the Phoenix Suns are doing. <laughs> I don't think anybody does. You get old guys and young guys, and, and they're still losing regardless. Kind of like the Wolves right now, but not as bad. Uh, Crawford didn't shoot well, but he certainly set players up pretty nicely throughout the night. A couple of really good passes that ended up leading to uh, dunks from DeAndre Aiden and such, kind of faking out Carl Anthony Towns. Seven assists for Jamal Crawford. That was something else. Um, looked like the old Jamal there with the Bulls way, way, way back when he was kind of playing more of a point guard type of role in this particular game off the bench. I guess you could say he was kind of the Sam Mitchell out there, kind of leading the club and raising the IQ of the uh, Phoenix Suns in the game. And they're on a four-game win streak. Make fun of them all you want. They're on a four-game win streak. And wow. Hmm. And this game was just not a pleasant one for the Wolves. Just kind of a lackadaisical effort, like, okay, it's just Phoenix, we'll be okay, that type of thing. And then it's like, for crying out loud, can you make something? One of eight for Covington, just an awful game. And ah, I love Covington, but this was not one of his good nights at all. Uh, you kept Phoenix to 107, though. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You should have beat the Phoenix Suns. I don't care what you kept him to. Just beat him for crying out loud. And that didn't happen. It just didn't. And then you just start running all over the Sacramento Kings. It was a lot of fun. Monday the 17th of December. Just an absolute blast. 132 to 105. Timberwolves led by 40 at some points in this game. 35-40. Sacramento was just kind of like awestruck at the Timberwolves running all over up and down the court. They had a nice third quarter, but generally speaking, 
as they kind of made things very interesting, getting within 12 points at one stage, which still 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 is in the double digits, but hey, it's, you know, striking distance. And then the Wolves just kind of finish him off, kind of whatever. Uh, Mr. Uh, Dave Yeager benched most of his starters pretty early because they were just sucking out there. He got bored with it. Willie Colley-Stein, only seven minutes in the game. I love that. That guy was such a dink the last time we played them. Uh, Buddy Held, in only 18 minutes, made 5 of 10 from downtown. I don't know why you'd bench him, actually, because he was making everything. It was his 24th birthday, too, and that's the number he wears. So it was like his golden NBA golden birthday, you could say. And he got benched in the game. I understand his defense wasn't so great. He was a minus 19 in the game. But I don't know. I wouldn't have benched him. Uh, Nemanja Bialica, how does it feel, huh? Five minutes? Where's that 28-point Where's that 28 point effort now, Nemanja? <laughs> Look at me laughing, though, at this. Even De'Aaron Fox, only six minutes in the game. Wow! One turnover, and that's it. One turnover and one offensive rebound in the game. Uh, wow. That was uh, that was pretty rough for the Sacramento Kings. They just like were like, screw it, we're out of here. <laughs> I don't know what the hell this was. It was pretty funny. But it felt good, and it was nice, and we rolled all over them, and it was one of those games where... Obviously, we got we sat people down too. Why Robert Covington needed thirty six minutes in this game? I don't understand. Especially when he has knee soreness. What are you doing? What are you doing, Coach? What are you doing? I don't know. Uh, Wiggins another pretty solid game against the Kings. Getting to the free throw line was aggressive early, and of course attacking the rim and went up with seventeen points to lead the way. Still took ten shots to get there though, which is ridiculous. Four of ten, but getting to the line is what helped pad his stats a bit. Carl still managed to get a double-double in only 21 and a half minutes. 14 and 14. You gotta love that. Beautiful game. Even blocked three shots along the way in a stage when Mr. <laughs> a pretty funny moment when uh, Taj Gibson lost his shoe, was holding it up in the air to disrupt a uh, guy's shot, and then Carl blocks his shot. Pretty amazing. Um, that was nice. <laughs> that was pretty funny. Uh, Josh Akogi, athletic, having a lot of fun. Almost took a yeah, he took a pretty heavy spill at one moment, but at the end of the day, still a solid double-digit point effort. Plus 33 for Josh Akogi. That's the kind of game it was for the Wolves. Uh, Sharich, I guess as they call him. I like to say Sarich, but I guess it's Sharich. I guess so. So out of respect, I'll say it correctly if that is the correct way to put it. Very efficient game for him, as always. Managed to get his 12 points off the bench and all that. I, I just, I love Sarich, Sarich, and I think he brings a, uh, he brings a good effort. He brings a consistent effort. I think he's got a, man, I mean, I, I'm very happy to have him, and I think you can all tell that. Josh Akogi, obviously, he's another Covington with a little more athleticism, I would say. Certainly, uh, potential to be bulkier, too, as he's got a little bigger frame, even though uh, Covington's longer which can make him a better defender, maybe in some ways, but Akogi's effort defensively is, is outstanding, to say the least. Uh, overall, just a fun, entertaining performance. Uh, uh, Gorgi Zhang had a nice game, had some fun. Luol Deng got out there for only five minutes, but he managed to get a couple steals in a basket, so good for him. Up and down the court, just having fun, hitting threes, and just having a good time. 10 of 27. But mostly, they were just up and down the court. A lot of fast breaks, a lot of uh, defensive plays that led to breaks. And it was just the kind of game that you enjoy. And Dave Yeager not wanting any part of it, at least not for his starters. Uh, pretty cool, though, to see uh, Timberwolves play so well. And that was uh, that was fun. And you wish you could see this more often. 
because unfortunately the next game not the case. Detroit opened the game ten to nothing, if you can believe it. But then after that, it was all Minnesota for the longest time, and it looked like we were going to be okay. Fourteen point lead going into the fourth quarter. Minnesota was down ten nothing in the game, which is like oh boy. But luckily, again, as they always say, it's a game of runs, and Minnesota ran, and they kind of caught up, and they made things interesting, and took a nice, sizable lead. And then things started getting personal with the heckler, and some guy named Reggie Bullock was, like, making most of his shots. He wound up with 23 points. Reggie Bullock. There's Reggie Jackson and everything, and he always kills us, and he had that weird-looking behind-the-back move, and ended up getting it off the kissing it off the glass which was one of the daggers of the game including uh Andre Drummond's unthinkable step back 3 which in into the overtime period which put the Detroit Pistons up by one and left you speechless and that the Wolves never scored another point the Wolves never scored another point you're up by a little small margin you're up by two points in the in the overtime period and you can't finish the job. By the way, you give up 40 against a team that had only scored 27 at best throughout the rest of the game and the other quarters. You give up 40 in the fourth quarter to a Detroit team that had been struggling and just kind of hanging in there. They have talented players, but they have other guys who have underachieved most of their careers. Uh, As good as Reggie Jackson is, he's underachieved. And it's a team, it's a weird mix of guys. I mean, there were air balls everywhere. I mean, John Luer, there was a stage where John Luer, Minnesota native, and God bless him, Threw up a nasty air ball, right? Just a nasty air ball. And what the hell? And you can't even rebound the ball. And you figure this one's going out of bounds. And you can't block somebody. You can't screen somebody for this one. And you, they get the rebound and make a three. You say, off an air ball? I mean, that just blew my mind. I mean, you don't even get the ball back after someone shoots an air ball? I mean, what the hell? How do you let people get around you like that? Just a joke. Absolute joke. I, I was stunned. I was stunned the way Andre Drummond was able to get to that rebound and kick it out. Just, what? And then Griffin wound up hitting a three. It's just like, what the bleep? Or was it Bullock? I don't even care. Somebody named Bullock. 7 of 12. 7 of 12. God bless the guy and everything for a great game, but 7 of 12. Reggie Bullock. You know, I mean, and I have nothing against him again. But it's, you know, God bless him. I mean, God bless Reggie Bullock. A He's a late first-round pick from 2013. He'd been pretty much nothing until last year. He kind of became something a little bit, you know, 11 points a game this year, twenty or 12 points a game. And he just scorched us. I mean, just absolutely seared the Timberwolves, man. In the seven to twelve. I mean, this this had to be his best his best night, pretty much. If it isn't, it's pretty much it. Pretty much is, you know, it's close enough. Oh, what a yucky game. Uh, Kennard also with an air ball as well. And, I mean, just multiple air balls by multiple players in this game. Of course, a lot of yucky shots. Josh Kogi with an air ball. Robert Covington with a real nasty air ball despite a pretty good game. There's some moments in this one where you're just like, ugh, what's up with all these air balls? Carl Anthony Towns' air ball. And he was 0 of 7 from downtown in this game. And that did not help the Timberwolves at all. He didn't get 8 rebounds either. He was whooped by Andre DeAndre... Uh, why did I just call him DeAndre? Andre Drummond. See, I got DeAndre Aiden, DeAndre Jordan on my mind when it's Andre Drummond. Just leave that D out. It's Andre, okay? Okay? Just leave him alone. He's a he's a classic. Just like Coca-Cola classic. We're not going with no Coke 2 here with the DeAndre. We're just sticking with Andre, all right? <laughs> but uh, I don't know where that came from. But I don't know where this game came from either. I mean, Derek Rose, again... Have I mentioned that he shoots a little too much? Is 29 shots necessary? Is it is it necessary? 
Is Derrick Rose the franchise player for this team? I understand Carl was sucking. I mean, just look at the efficiency of some of these guys. 15 point, or fifteen field goal attempts, 16 points for Carl. 29 field goal attempts, 33 for Derrick Rose. Nice number. But again, is that efficient basketball? No. And uh, Andrew Wiggins. Here we go. Andre Wiggins here. No, okay, sorry. 17 field goal attempts, 16 points. Stop it! Stop it! Why? Why? As uh, Mr. I don't know. As Mr. Howard Stern would say in one of those famous soundboards, whatever. Why? Yeah, why is right. I mean, this is... Uh, you know, we had this game, didn't we? We had this game, and then we got outscored by 14 bleeping points, of course, forcing into the overtime period. Looked okay. Maybe we'll come out of this, but you know we're not going to come out of this when you give up a 14-point lead. You know the momentum's on the other team's side. when freaking DeAndre himself, I'm just teasing, Andre Drummond, step back three. Andre Drummond step back three as if he's Steph bleeping Curry. And uh, that was it. And then, of course, Reggie Jackson, the fun little stare down with uh, Blake Griffin after he'd made that pretty little layup fancy thing behind the back, crossover off the glass. It was pretty. It was pretty, and I respect it, but crap, you know. It still sucks, and yeah, that's the kind of game it was. It was a fun game, if you like close games, if you like that, but if you like seeing double-digit leads evaporate in the fourth quarter, that's what made it not so fun. I don't know, and there's just, there's something about Blake Griffin, you know, most of uh, if you don't like Blake Griffin, I don't blame you, there's just something about him, he's, ugh, and Reggie Jackson a little bit too, he's underachieved most of his career here and there, he's got some weird moments, and he always beats us, man. It's always like that. There's always this... You, you might be the best pitcher in the world, but there's always this one guy, this one hitter, who might not be the best player out there. He's not Barry Bonds. He's some guy named Mickey... Uh, I don't even know. Mickey Morandini or something, and he hits four 450 off of you, and he's got like three home runs and like nine at-bats. It's something like that, and that's basically what Reggie Jackson is with the Timberwolves. You know, God bless him. Good player, but it looks like freaking Isaiah Thomas against the Wolves, man. Uh, yeah, it was a it was a bit of a mess of a night, but it is what it is. Only fifteen thousand people, but oh well, I'm as guilty as the rest of you that weren't there. So I'm as guilty as the rest of you, but that's what happens. Well, what do you do? You just you just uh, dig in and hope things uh, improve a bit. But 129 points against Detroit, it just doesn't feel too good, does it? 129 points against Detroit, man. Yeah, so. It was 118 in regulation, 118-118, and the results uh, headed the way they did in that fourth, in that fifth period, you could call it, the overtime. So I'm going to shut up now. Lone Wolf Award for this week. It's going to be a guarded, protected Derrick Rhodes because he, he had a hell of a week statistically. Hell of a week. But he shot the ball too much. A little erratic again. I mean, you love what he does. You love it. I mean, he's, he's selling tickets right now. He is. And, heck, the pretty much the number one selling Prince jersey, the, those those purple jerseys, of course, purple rain jerseys, the city jerseys. He, I mean, they sold out right away. The Derrick Rose 25 ones sold out right away. Kevin Garnett was wearing one. Kevin Garnett, the franchise player of the Timberwolves history. Yeah, you remember that guy? The guy I give a hard time sometimes because I just do. I just I have my own personal reasons. <laughs> God bless him, though. He was wearing a Derrick Rose jersey. That's how people think about Derrick Rose and all that. But, man, sometimes, I, I don't know, sometimes he's a little bit too much. And I think he was in the Detroit game. I think he was in the Portland game. And I think he's been in many times also throughout the course of the season. The Portland game a couple of weeks back when we lost. That was just last week's show. 
I don't know. He's just too much sometimes, man. He's he's getting a little bit too big for his britches, I think. I I don't know. But God bless him. His his attitude's in the right place, but he's got the mentality that, hey, man, I gotta take these shots because you guys aren't making them or you guys aren't taking them. So I think that's what it is. Even though he does have a good team game, there's a side that, well, I think it's hurting us more than helping us at times. At times. But again, great numbers and all that. So Lone Wolf Award is going to Derrick Rose. Despite all my complaining and all that, it's going to Derrick Rose. Johnny Flynn Memorial. It's all over the place, man. I mean, a lot of guys stunk during the course of this week. A lot of guys were good. A lot of guys stunk. I don't know. Josh Akogi has been great. So I can't really rip him. He didn't shoot particularly well in the game. Sarich, I just, God, that guy's efficient. I mean, look look what he did in the Detroit game. Look what he did in the Detroit game. Efficient. 6 of 10. 15 points. I mean, efficient. That's just all I got to say about that. Carl had a pretty rotten game against Detroit. I don't know. It's like I'm going to give him a very mild one to both Andrew and Carl. They were soft this week, I thought. This is where the softness comes out and people start making fun of or start agreeing with Jimmy Butler about these guys being soft. They were. They were. Okay. They were soft this week. I thought Covington didn't have a particularly good week, even though he was kind of amazing in the Detroit game, but he kind of stunk too. I mean, he had some air balls in the game. So, I don't know. I mean, Carl and Andrew, a gentle, not a harsh, but a gentle uh, Johnny Flynn memorial to both of them for being flat out soft this past week. And there's Jimmy Butler right there on the screen. Yeah, get out of here. I don't want to see you, you ugly son of a... Yeah. Well, let's wrap this up. Come back and preview three games and wish all of you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. But, of course, we'll worry about the Happy New Year next week. And once again, it's hard to tell the identity of this team. This sounds familiar. We are back here on Timberwolves Explosion. Time to preview a few games. The Spurs, the Oklahoma City Thunder, and the Chicago Bulls. Will the Timberwolves end their road losing streak against Western Conference teams and generally speaking somewhat improve their road record? Well, they're going to have to. They got three games on the road. No Christmas Day game this year. They had them the last couple years, but this year not the case. Uh, Too much of a mess, too much drama, and I guess the Milwaukee Bucks are doing a little bit better. So, yeah, I think the Milwaukee Bucks deserve to get on Christmas Day and God bless him. Gotta love those uniforms as well. Oh, Timberwolves, Timberwolves, Timberwolves. We get to play the Spurs tonight on the 21st of December. Minnesota versus San Antonio on the road has not been good. Of course, we go to Oklahoma City and then Chicago. Will we finally win a road game against the Western Conference team? Maybe. Uh, the, Bull, the Bulls are the worst team in the Eastern Conference, right? No, in fact, they'd have the number one pick in the draft if things just went as is. <clears throat> Them, Atlanta, or Phoenix, I guess, in the lottery. We'll just see what happens. Heck, Wolves might have a shot at something again. <laughs> Wouldn't that be funny? But let's talk about the Spurs for now. They're first in the league in three-point uh, three percentage, which, well, doesn't bode well for us. Uh, field goal percentage, seventh in the league. They're mediocre in the other categories, this and that. They obviously have DeMar DeRozan now from Toronto. The whole, you know, Kawhi Leonard trade, and that's worked out great for Toronto. DeMar DeRozan's doing well in San Antonio, but... It's a mix of players that are a little bit older and young and old, and I don't know. It's a team that's not going anywhere. Let's put it that way. They're not going to make the playoffs or anything. And if they do, who cares, right? 
Oh, they're going to make it. Well, they might make it as a seventh seed, which, again, who cares? Crazy to think Oklahoma City is number two in the conference. So that's what kind of teams we're going to be playing this week. Uh, well, let's just not go 0-3. How about that? And I'm, and I'm not trying to be sarcastic. Uh, DeMar DeRozan is not a three-point threat at all. So that means he'll probably make one against us. Rudy Gay shoots 45%. It's just funny. Their best player doesn't even shoot threes that much. He's He makes less than one a game. That's kind of funny. When you think about that, uh, it's crazy. Uh, same with Marcus Aldrich. Obviously, that's one of the reasons the Wolves lose every single time, especially there. I'm just not going to pick the Wolves to win this game. And the Spurs are playing better lately, to be fair. They beat up Phoenix pretty bad on the 11th. 111-86, they crushed the Clippers, one of the better teams in the West who might be dropping off a teeny bit, though they did beat Dallas last night on TNT. December the 13th, 125-87 over the Clippers. Dang, they just absolutely slaughtered them. Uh, 98 to 93 loss at home versus the Bulls. Wow. Okay. They crushed Jimmy Butler 123 to 96 at home again in San Antonio and at Orlando. What the hell? It's a 40 point win. 39 points. 129 to 90 at Orlando. Um, I'm not picking a win. The Spurs are playing better right now. They're in a little a bit of a streak right now, except for losing to the Bulls. I. Don't get that. But that's the NBA for you. Weird stuff happens. Just not in the playoffs. Maybe one game. You know, maybe maybe that inferior team, the 7th, 8th seed, will beat you in one game. Sounds kind of familiar to last year's playoffs. I don't know, man. Um, Houston, too, had this record-breaking night the other night with all the three-point attempts, or made, all the three-pointers made. They could have used that in Game 7 last year. And then they, of course, lose Chris Paul, and they lose again. They lose their winning streak, drops off, and... Unfortunately for them, they they end their winning streak, even though they're back in the playoff picture again, the Rockets, for now. But Chris Paul's out for the moment, so that's interesting. We're not playing the Rockets, but I figured I'd throw that in in conversation. Paul Gasol has only played in nine games this year, so that's uh, I think he's nearing the end. His numbers are way down, only seven points a game. Marco Bellinelli can hit threes, and he always seems to against us. Patty Mills, same thing. More of a role player spark plug guy, but he always seems to torch us. And LaMarcus Aldrich, always. It's a, just a lousy freaking matchup against Carl Anthony Towns. And it shouldn't be. Carl, who's the better player? Anyone out there, please, raise your hand if you think Carl Anthony Towns is, is a better player than LaMarcus Aldrich. Is anybody not raising their hand? Put your hand up, you moron. Come on, stop lying. Yeah, I see that Spurs jersey. We're happy for you. Carl Anthony Towns is a better player than LaMarcus Aldrich. But who plays better in every game? Is it LaMarcus Aldrich or Carl Anthony Towns? Every single time, LaMarcus Aldrich outplays the Carl uh, Anthony Towns, at least pretty much, for the most part. And it drives everybody crazy. He used to do the same thing with uh, Love. Well, Love and him used to have an interesting kind of a back and forth when he was at the Portland Trailblazers. Rudy Gay always magically has a good night against us as well. So it's just a crappy matchup. It just is. So I'm going to pick the Spurs, unfortunately. And it's, I don't know, I don't think it's going to be the prettiest game ever either. I don't know. Um... A team that has good chemistry, or had good chemistry, and now is starting to get weird again, the Timberwolves. Um, they're not fighting or anything, they're just getting beat, and it's weird. Um, so I'm picking the Spurs to win the game, something along the lines of 118 to 100, 118 to 105. It's not going to be the prettiest night. The Spurs are going to make their threes, they're going to pull away, the Wolves will have little runs and make it kind of interesting. But I think the Spurs just flat out win the game, and that's it. 118-105, San Antonio over Minnesota. Key players for Minnesota, of course, Carl Anthony Towns. He's the key player. He puts up good numbers, but it always seems to not work out in the end. But Lamarcus Aldridge gets the best out of, gets the best of him down the stretch, and it just drives me nuts. Especially Paul Gasol historically, and his younger brother Mark. It really drives the Wolves crazy. 
He's not having a good year, is Mark, but every time he plays the Wolves, Carl Anthony Towns, oh, it's every bleeping time. Guys just get up to play against the guy in Carl, and it's extremely frustrating. Don't be surprised if Dante Cunningham had some miracle three kind of late in the game. He's obviously made a lot of, uh, well, he's made an efficient amount of threes during the course of the season. He hasn't taken many, but he tends to hit important ones, and he has before against us, and figures. Just like Tolliver did the last few years at Detroit against Minnesota, and now he's here, and we don't even play him, so... I don't know. It's a tough situation for uh, Anthony Tolliver. Watch him wind up with the Spurs or the Rockets or something. Maybe the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder wouldn't be the worst fit for him at this point. So we'll just have to wait and see what happens there. Let's move on. Let's move on. Of course, that game, again, the 21st. Now we play against the Oklahoma City Thunder Sunday evening. That's interesting. After the Vikings' hopeful victory over Detroit, I would hope so. I'll be watching the Oklahoma City Thunder game as I'm recording Purple Mafia. Sounds like fun. You have that in the background flashing on the screen as we're playing, uh, as I'm recording Purple Mafia. That'll be fun. Oklahoma City, it's always an entertaining battle. Statistically, they're not that pretty. They just rebound. I mean, they're second in the league in rebounding, but everything else, field goal percentage, they're 16th. They're 30th in the league in three-point percentage. Isn't that weird? And kind of in the, you know, mid to upper third, mid to upper uh, half of the league with the uh, points scored. So mediocre, they're, they're mediocre in a lot of team stats, yet they're number two in the Western Conference, 20 and 10 behind the Denver Nuggets, or even better. They're tied with the Golden State Warriors, are the Oklahoma City Thunder for with a 2010 record. Did anybody say Carmelo Anthony did not help the uh, Thunder last year? Did anybody say that? Did anybody say that was going to happen before the season started? And yeah, look, look at Oklahoma City last year and how much they struggled. And look at Oklahoma City now, 20-10. and 10. I mean, they're they're winning. And Paul George is having a wonderful year. In fact, he's having a downright outstanding year. 25 and a half a game. He is just uh, dominating. And that's, that's nice to see that uh, Russell Westbrook's playing a little bit more of a team game over there. Of course, he's averaging his triple-double again because he loves stats. We all know Russell Westbrook loves stats. Uh, his three-point percentage still stinks, but he's taking less three-point shots now. Well, less. It's still not not a whole lot less. Four and a, he's still taking about four and a half a game, but it's better than like six or seven for crying out loud. Or Paul George is attempting almost nine threes a game. He's making thirty eight percent, which again is significantly higher than Russell Westbrook. At the end of the day, just under forty percent for Paul George. Twenty five and a half a game. Dennis Schrader's playing a bit of a role, and he's playing a pretty damn good role too. Spark plug. He's nailing his shots. Well, not really, but he's scoring, and he's he's distributing this and that. It's a nice mix. I, I didn't think it would work, but it kind of is right now. And Steven Adams is another big man who is a pain in the ass for who? Who is Steven Adams a pain in the ass for? <sighs> Carl Anthony Towns. Carl, let's go. Let's go, Carl. Come on. Let's go. Um, it's another Derrick Rose game, isn't it? <laughs> uh, Derrick Rose is, right now, he's kind of like the mainstay. He's con- the most consistent scorer on the Timberwolves. He's not the most consistent shooter. He's the most consistent scorer. He just finds a way to put points on the board, which is good. But sometimes the field goal percentage and the shot percentage, or shot selection, pardon me, hurts us in a big way. And that's where the frustration kicks in. So, uh, I don't know. I don't like this matchup either. The Timberwolves is just, they're not getting the job done against Western Conference teams. They're not getting the job done on the road. Oklahoma City, as they talk way too fast, <laughs> Had lost to the New Orleans Pelicans by four points on the road. Hey, they had also lost to 
the Denver Nuggets by 11 points on the road. The best team in the West, Denver. I'm just stunned by looking at that, but we all know that's not going to last forever. Then the Oklahoma City Thunder win three games in a row. Wow, putting a thrashing over Sacramento on the 19th. So that team is really struggling right now. Hmm. Clippers, they beat the Clippers by six, beat the Bulls by 25 on the 17th, and they beat Sacramento on the road, 132-113. So I don't know what's going on in Sacramento after a pretty dazzling start to the season for their standards. Pretty good basketball. Sorry for the noise there, but uh, it's going to be interesting. Uh, The good news is the Oklahoma City Thunder will be on the road versus the Utah Jazz the day before December the 23rd when they host the Minnesota Timberwolves. So this brings the Timberwolves' chances of winning the game significantly higher, which makes you feel pretty damn good. Uh, I like the Wolves' chances in this game, but I, I, I just don't know. I mean, the hope is that Oklahoma City just doesn't have their legs and the Wolves get the job done. They get beat up by Utah a little bit. I don't know. I just think Oklahoma is a better team right now. I think they're going to beat the Utah Jazz on the road. I do. And I think I have a feeling they're going to win back-to-back games here. I just don't feel too good about the way the Wolves are playing right now. And I think uh, Minnesota ends up not winning the basketball game. Something along the likes of 123-112, something like that. An 11-point win for the Thunder. Again, the Wolves hang in there. Maybe this goes to overtime, and it's an epic battle. And you hope to God that Oklahoma City runs out of gas. But I don't know. I just think that Oklahoma City is going to win the game. Westbrook will get uh, He'll hit some big shot down the stretch, but Paul George is definitely a big threat, obviously. You're going to want Covington on Paul George as much as possible. Uh, Dennis Schrader's played a lot of shooting guard this year, which is an interesting thing, but he's also capable of making some nice plays. The Steven Adams versus Carl Anthony Towns matchup is huge. It's it's big, and he, heck, they even have uh, Nerlens Noel, and he's staying healthy over there in Oklahoma City, but he's not putting up very much statistics. Of course, only 14 minutes a game will do that to you. So he's not going to get too big of numbers per se there. Um, but no, it's a it's a key matchup between the big men, of course. I mean, there's Covington versus George will be an interesting matchup. Uh, I guess it's going to be Rose and Westbrook. I think Rose is going to get a lot of points in this game. Rose and Westbrook will have a little mano a mano. Rose is going to get into the upper 20s again. I think he's going to shoot us out of the game a little bit down the stretch. I could totally see this happening. I could see Rose attempting like 25-plus shots a game in the game, getting 28 points. But there's your efficiency, 25 shots, 28 points, that type of thing. And the Wolves do not end up winning the game. That's pretty much what I'm thinking about uh, Russell Westbrook versus uh, Derek Rose. It's going to get a little bit too much of a mano a mano, and Westbrook will wind up with like 33 Paul George will probably be about right around 25. I think he's going to get right around his average, but I think Westbrook will go higher in the 30s. And I think the uh, Thunder win by 11 over the Timberwolves. Then the Minnesota Timberwolves head to Chicago, where we actually can win a road game. We just we, we, we can win a road game against Eastern Conference teams that aren't real good. At least I hope we do. Chicago, Illinois, I think Minnesota is going to sweep the season series this year. The last game, the last time Minnesota played Chicago, it wasn't a very good game, even though there was a blowout at times. The Bulls kind of hung in there. Levine will get his. He'll get his upper upper 20s, this and that. Will we ever see Chris Dunn play? Hopefully. He's been in six games so far. He's just finally coming back. Finally. And he's having decent numbers, about 14 points, five assists. Nothing to nothing to, sh- to get excited about, to shake a stick at, or whatever the heck that means. Uh, Jabari Parker has uh, seen minimal minutes of late. He's been, it's really weird. This new coach, Boylan, has not been a good match for this team. You go from the ultra 
libertarian, we'll say, libertarian approach as a coach with uh, Fred Hoiberg to the ultra-hardcore, whatever the heck you want to call him, uh, Boylan, old school. I don't even want to call him conservative because I'd say he's just more old school than, he's, than he is conservative. Uh, who knows? I'm sure he's a con- uh, conservative coach too, you could say. Um, it's not a good mix right now. There's no reason why the Wolves shouldn't be able to beat this team. For some strange, odd reason, they beat the Bulls, though. Um, <laughs> what's his name? It was a very libertarian coach who just kind of let the Bulls do whatever they wanted. Hoiberg, eh, I don't know. He's too, he was a bit too soft with them. Uh, the Wolves need to win this game. It's a must. It's not a must win, but it's like, a, come on, you got to beat this team and your road your road woes a little bit uh, and get to three and fourteen, which is what the Wolves would be if my uh, calculations are correct at the end of this run. Zach Levine, obviously, he's going to get his this and that, but he's been erratic. He's obviously got star potential, but he's not a first-team player. He's not a second-team player. I don't even think he's a third-team player, but he's the kind of guy who will squeak into some All-Star games in the course of his career, maybe five or six All-Star games. I think he's going to get to a number of them, but he'll never be like a starter. He'll never be a guy who's like the he's going to steal the show, per se, maybe a spectacular play during the game at times, but uh, I'm guessing he won't make it this year because his team is just awful. But uh, a, a couple of good players around Zach Levine and the right coach who can get him to play more of a team game and, uh, of course, obviously take smarter shots. Like Sam Mitchell was a very good coach for Zach Levine. A lot of you could say what you want about Sam Mitchell, that he wasn't good at this, he wasn't good at that, he was just a mediocre coach at best. But he brought a lot of common sense to the Timberwolves. And I thought Zach Levine played his best, most intelligent basketball with Sam Mitchell as the head coach. Statistically, no, because it was earlier in his career, but when he started getting going on that catch-and-shoot rather than forcing up threes, but a catch-and-shoot three where you're squared up and ready to go, Zach Levine was at his best under Coach Sam Mitchell. I said it, I mean it, and damn it, that's what I'm standing with. And there you go. I, I <laughs> That's the gavel on my decision there. Sam Mitchell was the best coach so far in Zach Levine's career. It wasn't uh, Hoiberg. It wasn't Flip. Because, well, Flip, it was too early. Too early to tell. I mean, God bless Flip. I'm sure there, there would have been a bit of that, too. But Sam Mitchell is just a common-sense guy. I loved him. God bless Flip, obviously. I'm not saying anything bad about Flip. And, you know, obviously it was too early to really get a whole... To get really a good enough sample size of Zach Levine at that stage of his career. But um, in Sam Mitchell's one year with Zach, I thought he did a hell of a job. And I mean that. As you can tell, that's why I laid down the gavel on that opinion there. <laughs> Point made, I think the Bull, the Wolves will end their losing streak on the road. They'll end their general losing streak as well against the Chi-Town Bulls. And they freaking better. You go 0 for 3 in this week. Boy, boy. You're talking 2 and 15 on the road. I mean, that's like, I don't know, man. I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know what to say. I mean, that's like humane, inhumanely bad. Doesn't make any sense. Three and fourteen sucks hardcore too, and it's inhumanely bad. But eh, it's just even worse, you know. And you can't even beat the Bulls on the road. I I don't know. The Wolves have had decent success against this club. There'll be runs. The Bulls will lead at times during the game. I expect Carl to have a huge game because there's nobody on the Bulls that's going to beat him up. I I don't really fear anybody down low that's going to give Carl a hard time. Uh, Laurie Markin has only been in nine games, which is messed up. To be quite frank, Bobby Portis had a good moment or two against the Wolves in the past, but he's missed a lot of time as well. Shaquille Harrison, they have a Shaquille on their team. Robin Lopez has gotten so irrelevant during the course of his career, I don't really fear him too much. Even though he's been a little bit of a headache for Carl in the past, I don't really expect that in this game. 
It better not happen. Uh, Chicago won out of their last five. Uh, they had they lose to Sacramento by eleven. They beat they lose to Orlando on the road by six. They beat the Spurs in San Antonio, Antonio which has got to be their most impressive win of the year. At Oklahoma, they got crushed one twenty one ninety six, and they lose to the Nets at home ninety six ninety three. The Bulls will play the Orlando Magic on the 21st, and the Cleveland Cavaliers on the 23rd. That'll be an interesting little matchup of two not-so-good teams in the Eastern Conference there that used to be good teams, especially way back in the good old days, but we'll leave that alone. They'll have a three-day break before they play the Wolves, and the Wolves will have a couple days off as well, three days off as well, before they play the Chai Bulls. Minnesota wins the game, point made, one of these days, right? It's going to be lower scoring because, well, it's too superly, yeah, conservative coaches, we'll say. Minnesota will be the better team, though. I think Carl's going to go off for 30-something in the game. Low 30s, 15 to 16 rebounds. I think Carl's going to have a great game against the Bulls and wind up uh, helping the Wolves win the game. 118 to 100. The Wolves are going to blow out the Bulls. Um, Okay, 118 to 112, actually. I think it's going to be closer. Nah, 118 to 100. Wolves are going to beat the Bulls soundly in the game. And we're going to feel a little bit better and finally get a nice road win. And the Bulls will be, well, doing what they do, not playing so well against the Chicago Bulls. Carl goes off for 30-plus against Chi-Town. With that, we'll take a quick break, get to some fan interaction, and wrap things up here on a Friday morning, at least in my case. back here on Timberwolves Explosion Fan Interaction segment number three. Thank you again for joining me for this. At Wolves Explosion, at Wolves Explosion for the Twitter account. want to thank Tanae Brown, Levi Brown out of New Zealand, and Vince Germano out of Australia for retweeting the most recent show. Thank you guys so very much. And pretty awesome photograph here sent from Tanae Brown. He says, enjoy, uh, after ugh, another enjoyable show, I apologize, after an unenjoyable week of Wolves basketball. Listening from the outback while I wait on my rig to arrive. Look at this. It's such a beautiful photo. So definitely check this out. Ah, that is cool. The beautiful cirrus clouds, the little muddy pools there, you could say, and just uh, yep, the, the dirt road and everything. Really cool looking place uh, out in the country there in the outback. Ah, beautiful. Beautiful photograph. Thank you, Tanae. And uh, hope hope you had a good time out there and Love it. Love the serious clouds. <laughs> yeah, we we had a few the other day, and ever since then, the freaking clouds rolled in, and it's been dark again. Ugh, December can be so dark. December and January, or not, not January, November, December can be just flat out dark and gray. Ugh, day in, day out, and then January tends to get a little bit sunnier as time moves on. But uh, this is uh, fantastic. This is, this is, I would love to go there and see that exact, I'd love to go to the, that exact spot right now and check it out and enjoy a day or two there. I, I wish so much. Uh, thank you for uh, sharing that with us, Tanae Brown. And it was definitely an unenjoyable week, and I think that's why some of the comments there haven't been a whole lot. So it just is what it is. Um, luckily, Hank McCoy also joins in the conversation. Wayne Hunt, so Tanae and Wayne, thank you guys so very much. Wayne jumps in saying, Hey, Joey, sorry I've been busy the past few days with work and caught up on the latest episodes. I've come to the realization that Andrew Wiggins is just Jeff Green. 
Hmm. Both body scores and both have a heart condition. Zing. Oh, ho, ho. how high do you value Wiggins, regardless of position? Who in the league do you think he's on par with? Thoughts? Interesting. Interesting. Uh, that might be a good one. Um, uh, I want to believe somebody a little bit higher. Boy. Uh, you know, it's like I read this before, and then I just blanked, and then, oh, man. That's an interesting thought comparison. It's really tough. Uh, Jabari Parker? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, Jabari Parker is a different kind of player. It's it's tough. It's tough to compare people. Um, you want to believe he's on par with some of the better guys. I mean, you hoped he could be on par with the DeMar DeRozan, but he's not there. Um, this is almost impossible to say. There's so many so many different guys there. It's where everybody's just so damn different. I'll probably come back to that in a second. Um, MVP, MVP, MVP. I love this kid. I'm buying a jersey. And this is, of course, uh, Josh Akogi after having a nice game on December the 18th there against the Sacto Kings. Very, very fun to watch. They're dumping Gatorade or water all over him on the sidelines, having a lot of fun. That's uh, Covington doing that there. No mistaking that, that hairdo sticking up there in the background and those long arms. Robert Covington getting interviewed from, or no, not Covington, but Okoe getting interviewed from uh, Marnie Gilner there, wearing that Christmas sweater, kind of, and kind of ducking as she's trying not to get a shower all over herself there with all that water coming down. Uh, Josh Okoge, beautiful game, though, for the Timberwolves. Who the heck is he on par with? It's like, damn, you know, that's a tough one. I'm going to have to kind of think about that for half a second here. It's like as I dig around and think and all that, Rodney Hood, kind of, but I, I, I think he's better than Rodney Hood. Uh, it's like I'm looking at shooting guards mostly. Jeremy Lamb, I guess. I mean, kind of, you know, similar, I suppose, in some ways. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, Jeremy Lamb's like a middle-of-the-road three-point shooter. That's what Wiggins, I think, is. He could potentially be better. It's tough. I'm mostly looking at shooting guards at the moment. But I guess you could kind of say either player. He's not, I mean, yeah, Victor Oladipo is ahead of him right now. J.J. Redick is a completely different kind of guy. Richardson's better right now. Josh Richardson, that is. I would hope uh, Wiggins is better than Glenn Robinson the third. I don't even want to think about some of these other guys. J.R. Smith, no, completely different guy. And he's just, uh, no, <laughs> no. Not as good as Clay Thompson, that's a given. Dwayne Wade, maybe like an old version of Dwayne Wade, I guess. Like the 14-point kind of guy right now. I think Wiggins is capable of being... He, he still should be in the 20s, though. I mean, I think so. I, I, I think Wiggins should still be in the 20s somewhere. That, that, that's the thing. It's just... Mm, it's tough. It's a tough, tough call. Uh, you want to dance around looking at small forwards, this and that. I mean, yeah, he's kind of like an old Wade, I guess, in a way. Or well, he still has the ability to drive to the basket here and there. I guess. I mean, Nicholas Batum, that's another one to think about. Now, I would hope Wiggins is better than him, despite Batum has had some good years in the past. I mean, that's that's a fact. He's had some decent seasons, but generally speaking, he's not been that special the last few. Oh, boy. I, I guess that's kind of where I'm at. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> kind of like an old Wade, I guess. I, I, you know, the old version of Wade when he's more of like a teens, maybe low 20s and upper teens type of player, like an old Dwayne Wade, not the good Dwayne Wade. Jeff Green, I mean, I kind of get you there too. Interesting one to think about because, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's probably not the worst comparison. Green's a better rebounder. Wiggins is a better scorer. So it's like, again, the different player. But, but again, mediocre, okay three-point shooter. 
this and that. He, he's had some moments. He's had some good games. A lot of us thought he was going to be like an all-star. Uh, Jeff Green, a lot of us thought Andrew Wiggins was going to be an all-star. So I think th- that's a pretty solid that's a pretty solid one at the end of the day. Um, I really like him with Oklahoma City way, way back in the day. He looked like he was on his way. And then he got traded to Boston. It was kind of weird and not the best mix. And I I don't know. And he, then he had some really good seasons, but generally speaking, not really. He was originally drafted by the Celtics, traded to Oklahoma City slash Seattle in the uh, Ray Allen trade. It was actually Ray, uh, it was Seattle. And that became, yeah, yeah, yeah. He well, he did play for the Sonics. That's right. In 07, 08. He's that old already. Damn. Um, it, it was the Ray Allen trade. It was still Seattle, the Seattle Supersonics, which may exist again someday. There will be a Seattle hockey team at the very least. So, Green, yeah, I mean, Wiggins is a better scorer. Green's a better rebounder. Both of them kind of mediocre three-point shooters, mediocre this, mediocre that. Um, Green, I thought there was a, yeah, there was a, he was a pretty highly touted guy. First, uh, fifth overall by the Boston Celtics. Again, ultimately traded for Ray Allen. I would hope Wiggins' career potential will be higher. Definitely different players, though. That's, yeah, I mean, that's not a bad comparison. The other one, again, Rodney Hood, you could say, and such. That's kind of where he's at, but I would hope, and I'm hoping, I, I believe it's still in him, that he could he could be a DeMar DeRozan, but a, a better three-point shooter, maybe not as consistent overall scoring. But I think DeMar DeRozan could be his career potential, but his career so far... Is Jeff Green with, you know, a slightly different, well, a more lanky version of Jeff Green. And, of course, um, what was the other one? Rodney Hood kind of in, in that department where Hood can have some nice games, but he doesn't, yeah, he doesn't really blow up like you thought he could years ago when he was originally drafted. So that's kind of where I'm leaning. I hope that's an okay comparison. Thanks for uh, making me think again, and I appreciate that. That was great. That was great. Thank you, Hank McCoy. I'm sorry I didn't respond then and there, but I figured it's probably better on the show when you can hear me respond to you. Uh, Great thoughts there. Those are the two that I'm coming up with. I think Rodney Hood is more similar than Jeff Green, and at the same time, yeah, more similar to Andrew Wiggins than Jeff Green. He's more of a similar player. And at the same time, again, same situation when they're not as good as you thought they were so far. Again, I do think Wiggins could be DeMar DeRozan level. There was a time I thought he could be a Dominique, but I don't know. Um, there are moments of, there, there are flashes of that Dominique spin and dunk that are very much existent, but then away they go again. They just disappear like a ghost in the night. So, I don't know. I want to see the silent assassin make a return and start uh, doing some special stuff out there. But right now, it's kind of it's kind of come and go with Andrew Wiggins. So, I guess he's Rodney Hood without the knee injury. God bless. This and that. Because he had a knee injury earlier in his career. So, uh, that's the thing. Um, we'll take a... We'll basically, yeah, we'll pretty much end the show with that thought. Uh, thank you again, Hank McCoy. I keep calling him Hank McCoy, but it's Wayne Hunt. Uh, courtside Podcast. Wayne Hunt is the alpha dog. Vince Germano and Stu Benson joining in with the trifecta, the terrible trio, or should we say awesome trio, the triforce of wisdom, power, and courage there. Or let's just say wisdom, power, and knowledge. Yeah, wisdom, well, wisdom is knowledge. Okay, so wisdom, power, and courage. They form the, the the Max Force. That's what they are. Just like the old Legend of Zelda, the good Legend of Zelda. None of this modern crap that looks like, I don't know, I don't like CGI very often, very much, that CGI style look. I like the old school Zelda 1, Zelda 2, Link to the Past, the Max Force. Like when you get the three Triforces together in Zelda A Link to the Past. And of course Link's Awakening. I love that game. But there's no Triforce in that game because it's Link, Link's Dreaming with the Windfish in that one. Very interesting game that I highly recommend for the uh, Game Boy and Game Boy Color. 
course, nowadays you can emulate it, <clears throat> but but that's naughty. No, go ahead and emulate it and enjoy that. <laughs> Nobody's losing money at this point. It's the game was made 25 years ago. That's how old I am. But um, yeah, <laughs> that's that's the fourth Zelda game. Yeah, I'll go back to the first. So okay, enough. Thank you again so so very much. I mean, heck, the soundbite leading into this segment, every single show, that's from Zelda 2, when you, when you bump into an enemy and you get to play those side-scrolling battles. The only side-scrolling Zelda game in existence, Zelda 2, uh, Zelda 2 Adventure of Link. Um, so there you go. That's, that's what you're hearing when you start fighting those moblins or whatever the heck you're going up against in those battles. <laughs> Some tough ones, boy. Uh, the knights and all that. Um... With that, though, I'm going to get off the retro gaming conversation and the basketball conversation. Thank you uh, for bringing that interesting, thought-provoking conversation to the mix again, Hank. That was very cool. Uh, I wish I could have done a better job, though. I apologize. <laughs> I apologize. But uh, that's what I could come up with. It's it's really hard to compare Andrew to anybody, really, right now. Again, career potential, DeMar DeRozan, but general potential right now, general uh, eye test, general whatever it is general analysis. It's Rodney Hood for me right now. With that, I'm going to wrap things up. I want to wish all of you a Merry, Merry Christmas. Happy Holidays to those of you that don't celebrate it, but celebrate a different holiday. So, with that, uh, also going to give you, encourage you to join the phone lines, 209-736-7877. 209-736-7877. It is a voicemail. Do treat it as such. Mention you're calling in for Timberwolves Explosion. Do your statement, shout-out, comment, question, and opine. And then, absolutely uh, <laughs> join in and at that point there's the call now button on the Facebook page do click on that and that will take you directly to the same phone line and it's the same uh, voicemail that is limited to only three minutes with that one I highly recommend the voice the audio submission route at the end of the day use the free voice recording application on any smart device on the planet. Treat it like a phone call. Save it and email it to paladinolive at yahoo.com. Paladinolive at yahoo.com and I will change it into a mp3 file. Thanks to zumzar.com. Thanks again for that in advance. Also going to give a shout out to Flip's Army, which I rudely did not uh, get to. I didn't even mention the Facebook page, I don't think. I just kind of jumped into it after the Twitter account. Um, the Facebook page is facebook.com forward slash Timberwolves Explosion. Facebook.com forward slash Timberwolves Explosion, which is where Wayne Hunt commented. But also, again, um, Flip's Army, highly recommended in-game threads. Lots of entertaining talk right there. Frustrated about this call, that call. Pissed off at Blake Griffin, whatever it is, or what a great play by Josh Kogi. All of that, highly recommended. Trevor Wicker and kind enough to allow me to post links to Timberwolves Explosion on that Facebook page, and I am more than obliged to give them a shout-out and encourage you to join that Facebook page, which a lot of you have done. Thanks again. God bless. Merry Christmas, and happy holidays to all of you. We'll talk about New Year next week, but um, I like Christmas more, damn it. <laughs>